Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Well, Matt, fellow adventurers, we are back with Sir Crokington in the city of Trithic. Probably, perhaps the most populous city in, in, in Tysa. Sort of like in New York to Talonis' Washington, perhaps. Kind of hard to tell, because of course, sense, censuses haven't don't really exist yet and if and if they did you can't just pop down to Talonus and weed them because you'd have to broken them in and that'd be a whole lot of work <laughs> and it's definitely the most populous if you include all the wet men <laughs> anyway let's go to Twind Keep now we're going to do a little bit of work for the Thane. I mean, he did kind of say he would have more work for us. Let's say hello. Thane Pond rises from behind a long cluttered table and greets you with a shoulder cross as you step into the chamber. He then offers you a mug of strong spirits and a seat beside the fire. You graciously accept the offer and take a seat next to the crackling fire. Thane Pond has a matter he wishes to discuss with you. Please just select the Adventures for this location option below to find out what it is. Alright, a poaching in Northscarp. Thane Pond tells you he was just this morning initiated a directive from King Wenwold ordering him to deal with a series of poachings that have taken place in an area of Quellland to the north of Twithick, known as Northscarp. I guess we should read what those two terms are. We've already met the king, so we don't need to click that. Crownland. Crownland refers to land that is reserved for the exclusive use of the king, or reserved by his authority for exclusive use by other entities. Yeah, well, there are definite advantages to being the king. And then Northscarp. 
North Scarp is now of Crowdland to the north of Twithick, composed of several areas of dense game witch forest and a spine of rocky crags that divide the vast parcel into almost equal quarters. The area has long been a favourite of poachers. Since it's a rocky terrain and wide area make it a difficult spot to patrol effectively. Now and again, however, a detachment of border rangers is sent through through the wide band of wilderness. It is not uncommon for them to return with a handful of poachers in tow. Alright, because as we all know, those games are reserved, all those game animals are reserved for the elite! So they can hunt in style with their falcons and their horses. And have lots and lots of wine. Or something like that. Because usually when or in, in medieval times if something was designated crown land or I think in medieval times it was just called forest it was rich people didn't want poor people to come in there and ruin their fun. And their wealth. Yeah, of course, I guess there's there's probably environmental environmental considerations as well. But mostly just keep the game keep the game for the elite, I'm guessing. Start the adventure. Embark on this adventure. Thane Pond tells you that Justice more. He has just this morning been issued with a directive from King Renwald, ordering him to deal with a series of poachings that have taken place in the area of Crownland to the north of Twithick, known as North Scarp. You learn the fame is certain that a man named Kulzar is behind the poachings, and he has sought for a series of other crimes that he and his small band of outlaws have been involved in. He's quite the dangerous fellow, says the Thane. But then again, you're quite the dangerous lass, Sir Croakington. So I can refuse this mission for the time, but might as well get it over with. Accept the mission and bring Kozar and his men to justice. Thane Point produces and unfurls a large map, upon which he points out the location of an area of forest north of the city known as North Scarp. You note that the small bit of forest extends southward, from a larger wood to the north, and is bordered on the east, west, and south by a thick swampland. Oh, so quite a difficult place to get to, I guess. If you're trying, if you're going to say hide from the law, it'd be a good place to go. It's alive with game, says the thane, and as might be expected, the water poachers. I believe you'll find Kulzar and his band about in Northscar. Yes, that every effort be made to bring Kulzar back alive. What happens to any of his men is of no concern to me. It is important that an outlaw such as Kulzar be made an example of. I know, however, that circumstances might work against taking them alive. In which case, leave them where they fall and let the Densons of Northscar pick clean their bones. 
The thing tells you will be able to identify Corsar by a large scar that sits beneath his left eye. I am familiar with that wood wound, for it was my own blade that adorned him with it, he says. He escaped justice on that occasion, and on many others. Feel that perhaps this time, however, his luck has come to an end. He bid Thane Polner farewell, and set off at once for Northscarp. The journey to Northscarp is swift and without incident, and upon arrival you search for it. You begin a search of the disnarrow swath of Crownland. Crownland for any son of the poachers. Having prowled around Northscar for nearly an hour, you conclude that the poachers are still present. They must be hiding one of two areas that readily lend themselves to concealment. So I could search an area of rocky crabs in the eastern part of Northscarp. Or search an area of dense firs in the southern part of Norscarp. Fortunately, I can't use any skills or powers to give me clues, so it's just a blind guess, unless, of course, you check the wiki. So, uh, I'll go the dense firs. The search takes you to an area of dense, a dense with pines on the southern edge of Norscarp. Scatter about this part of the forest, you discover several locations where deer have recently been felled and their carcasses dressed, providing evidence of the poaching that's gone on very recently. A twig snaps behind you, and you spin around in time to see a large man moving out from behind a tall pine, with a hammer raised high above his head. You, you dive to the side. You spring to the side as the weighty head of the hammer streaks towards your back. <laughs> You pick a random number from 1 to 100. You get a bonus of 17 from agility. And I don't know what you need to get to pass. So we'll just find out. Pick now. 48. You're struck a glancing blow by the hammer and driven to the ground. Bruised, but still alive. You return to your feet to face your hammer-wielding foe. Good job I have all that armour on then. You square off against the hammer-wielding man, noting there is no scar beneath his left eyes. Left eye? Wait, eyes? Where's the plot? I'm pretty sure he already has one. Meaning that this cannot be Kulzar. It's just, it's just a regular hammer-wielding assailant. Not important. But, you know what? I'm feeling a bit merciful. Although you may come, or you may curse me for my mercy when, uh, when official justice comes round. Nevertheless, I will subdue you. Oh, I can't use elemental fury because elementals—they're a bit dumb. They don't know how to not kill. So you stab at your enemy, and the man swings his hammer at you. Of course, I'm subduing, so I'm doing less damage. Doesn't matter, because he's a 3+, plus, and he's not that tough. You have subdued your foe. 3 XP. Battered, but ultimately unharmed, your defeated assailant staggers off into the forest, limping along at a surprisingly quick pace. Oh, I was hoping to tie you up. You know, so we could just... So I could just... 
Chuck you. Chuck you in the justice wagon. Going hoik, 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 hoik. Just, just a big, you know, just a big pile of quinimals in the back of the justice wagon, all tied up. Then we just deliver them. Deliver them back to Swift and he says, Here's some, here's some bad guys. Let's see. Uh, poacher, 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 bandit. Uh, that's a cut purse. That's that. That's an attempted sexual harasser. Uh, that that guy looked at me funny. That guy tried to sell me to, to sell me something illegal. Oh yeah, that that guy. He, he said some really nasty things about my mum. Technically not illegal, so you probably can't really do anything to him. But put him on the wagon anyway. You know, just to scare him. Battered. Also, suddenly, an arrow embeds itself in the ground, only inches away from where you stand. You spin to your left, and behold, a bearded man standing twenty yards away, with a narrow arrow notched. He takes aim at you. You notice a broad scar beneath the man's left eye. It appears you have found Kulzar. The sharp twang! The arrow is relieved. You have a split second to avoid the speeding shaft. Picking a number. Bonus 17 from agility. Gotta get 50 or more to win! Just jump up really fast! Spoing! Spoing! You jump about three feet in the air and the arrow just goes right under you. The man quickly notches another arrow, prepares to fire again. With a sharp twang, the arrow, the man releases another shot. And I'm still in the air! From the lap from my jump last time. The arrow streaks through the air towards you. So I've got to... This gets bonus picking a number. Bonus 17 from agility. Success 70. So I've got to make sure I fall sideways. Got to fall sideways. Pick now. Oh, it's very hard. Yeah, I messed up because I was already in the air. The arrow slams into you. Sinking to flesh of your lower torso. I've got 22. 10 stamina points. Wounded, but still alive. You tear the shaft from your flesh and turn to face your assailant. A bit of healing first. Having apparently lost his nerve, the man tosses down his bow and takes flight, bounding off into the forest. You are quick to give cake chase, but keeping up with the fleeing man proves to be no easy task. I mean, his legs are so much longer. Picking a number. Bonus, 104. 67 for woodmanship. 17 from agility. 20 from body. Yes, it's a very powerful. Bonus from woodmanship. Pick now. 167. You were nearly prepared to abandon the pursuit when suddenly Corsair stumbles while crossing a s- small stream and you overtake the fleeing outlaw. Mm, streams. Not a good place. Not a good place to escape from an amphibian. As you reach out and take hold of Corsair, he draws a long-bladed knife and stabs at you. The stealthy attack catching you off guard. Picking a number. Bonus. Of 149, 17 for agility, and 132 
from unarmed combat. So yeah. Having unarmed combat, very helpful in this situation. Pick now. 152. You dodge the vicious attack and launch an assault upon the outlaw. This is cool, sir. Now, I can kill or subdue, but considering I was specifically told to bring him alive, I kind of got to, because, I mean, it's the Thane. The Thane told me, and, and he's, he's the Thane. He's, he's, like, he's like a Thane of, like, one-fifth of all of Tulsa. Not, not sure exactly how it splits. I think we have... He's the Thane of the West, there's the Thane of the North, there's a Thane of the East, and a Thane of the South, and then the Thane of the Middle. Mostly just as the capital city. I'm guessing Owls in the Sticks, there's a bit of... There's a bit of... bit of wiggle room over which particular Thane particular thing you should go to or maybe no circumstances it just goes to other people who work more directly for the king all right well subdue he stabs you with his long bladed knife yes yes but i stab at him and i'm better at it so here we go and down he goes, he's lost enough blood that he now falls down. Yeah, that's what happens when someone's subdued by stabbing. There's just so much blood loss. But they're all very they're all very slicey wounds. They're all very pinprick wounds, so they actually they actually heal up pretty quickly. Having subsued subdued the cunning outlaw. You use a strip of his leather waistcoat to bind his hand. When they are secured, you prepare to set off on a return journey to Twithick. Where you'll turn Corso over to Thane Porrand. A quick search through the outlaw's possessions means only a, reveals only a moderate quantity of gold and his long-bladed knife. That's 54 gold. His long-bladed knife. That's a unique item. There's only one place you can get it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I guess I'll pick it up just to add it. To add it, just put it in the collection of rare weapons. You won't find that in a generic loot, loot drop. But it might be somewhere else in the game. You return to Twithick and hand Corso over to Thane Pond, who congratulates you on a successful mission. And places the elusive outlaw in the dungeons below Twin Keep, where he will await transport to Tannis to stand trial for his crimes. I do not envy Corsor, remarks the Thane. The king's justice is half harsh and not pretty to privy to pity. Corsor will no doubt find himself at the end of a stout length of rope. Such is fitting, I suppose. Before you take your leave of the Thane, he tells you to stop back soon, for a, for a mass was come up for which he will seek your assistance. Until then, go well, friend, he says, as you depart. And that, that ends the quest with 64 XP to general. 
because this is a short one. It's a short quest and it's very early. Then I'm in the city, the main part of the city. Let's just get back to Twinned Keep. I could visit, visit my house. I could store items here. Got lots of stuff here, like the Goblin Doom, which I'm storing because I can't use it. Right. I guess I'll, I'll store this, store the long bladed knife. Okay, that, that, I'll do that. It's just a pile of interesting things. Even if, if, if the test description doesn't say where you got it from, so not as interesting as other wear items. But unique. One of items you can only get in one place. Right. Thane Porrand, Adventures, a Dilemma in Kernwell. Thane Porrand has given you the task of travelling to the village of Kernwell to investigate a plea for help that arrived only this morning from the remote woodland settlement. Here we go. Thane Porrand told you that just this morning he received two travellers from Kernwell, a forest village several miles north of Twithick. You learn the two travellers arrived bearing a desperate plea from the village, appealing to the Thane to send help. The two men I spoke with are not from Kernwell. They were merely passing through and asked to deliver this urgent plea. They knew nothing of the matter, and indeed said not a Appeared out of sorts in the village. Nevertheless, Sir Crokington, I would be severely remiss to ignore such a request of our Majesty's loyal subjects, and therefore I'd ask you to pay a visit to Kernwell to see what more there is to this affair, if, of course, you would be so inclined. Thane appears to be awaiting response. Well, of course I'd go there. There might be monsters to fight. Thane Porrid nods grimly and meets you in the shoulder cross. He tells you it is a great relief for him to know the matter is an extremely competent... Hands, I guess? Maybe hands. Paws. Floppy little webbed feet things. I shall have a coach made ready to bear you to Colonel, he says. It's not a terribly long journey, though it is more off, it's off the more travelled paths. Thane retrieves a bottle of wood root wine and fills two small silver vessels with the thick pungent spirit. He hands you one of the vessels and downs the entire contents of his own in one fluid gesture. Hmm. It's Thane Poland an alcoholic. A very high functioning alcoholic. And he doesn't and being Thane he never has to, you know, concern himself with getting the alcohol. And he's too busy to get, <laughs> to, you know, actually damage himself. But still, I think if, if, he were, if he had to do without it for two, three months, would he get some sort of shakes? Would he have problems? Quite possibly. That's all. This is a... After all, he left a life of high adventure and travellers, travels and freedom. To be to have to run after the worst city in all to look after the worst city in all of Tysa, have people constantly try to assassinate him. 
because we know that we know at least the dire and the black wit have already went after him. Oh uh, yeah, and having probably having also and having everybody in about quarter of the kingdom go to him with all their problems. And, he, and I think he's probably from all the mercenaries he's hiring. He's probably he's probably almost bankrupt himself, bankrupting himself doing it too. Because it's yeah, it would be very stressful being the thing. Take care, take care up in Cornwall, he says, as you are finishing the drink. I didn't tell you that these are troublesome days. Seems the nights are deeper with each passing week, and yet sleep comes no easier. But forgive my rambling. I can't say what it is that troubles me about this business at hand, but I should not wish you to tarry about the village any longer than necessary. Uncover what you can about this unknown matter and return in safety. You bid the Thane a farewell and prepare to set out at once for Kernwell. The journey to Kernwell aboard the coach is swift and without incident, and upon arrival in a secluded woodland village, you are greeted by the sound of desperate shouts carrying, carrying out of the stables. Before the driver has even stopped the coach, you bound out of your seat, spring, and spring, and hop across the village, throw it there towards the sound of the cries. As you reach the open doors of the stables, you behold the source of the cries. Two men, their backs pressed against the far wall of the structure, pitching a desperate battle against a writhing mass of yellow slime. The large pile of slime undulates and rises up until it towers over the two men. It then surges forward, throwing them up against the wall with tremendous force. The men, armed with a shovel and a pitchfork respectively, manage to retain their footing and thrust back at the strange creature with their makeshift weapons. Okay, I think these people are in over their heads. Rush forward. I mean, they haven't even got proper weapons. They've got a shovel and a pitchfork. I mean, okay, that, that might be enough for, like, say, an angry raccoon. But this is a gigantic slime. Where would you even hit it? Where would you even hit it? Rush forward and attack the yellow slime. You rush forward and attack the yellow slime from the weir. You know, as much as slimes have weirs. Because I think they're kind of amorphous. Every part of the slime is the same as the others. I think with slimes, unless they're dragon quest slimes, of course, which have the cute little faces, every direction is pretty much the same. Begin combat. The yellow slime rises up and surges at you. Yep, and it is slain. Don't know if stabbing's a good method to do that, but it worked anyway. Because it's a magic dagger I'm using, so that makes up for it. 4xp. The yellow slime is no more. You step over the small, quivering pools that comprise the creature's remains and help one of the men to his feet. They both thank you as they attempt to catch their breath. Almost got the better of us, it did, says one of them. 
You learned that this is the second time today, and perhaps the tenth time in the last three days, that one of the yellow slime creatures has appeared in the village. Rector Pell will be glad to see you straight away, says one of the men. We had word you were coming from Twithick. Looks like a good thing does look past the walls of this city at times. I'd want to. It's a terrible city. It's filled with crime. The men direct you to the residence of Wector Belbin, and you soon find yourself face to face with the grey-haired leader of the village. Alright. I guess he's just the default leader. <laughs> because I guess this is a pretty small village where you, you don't really lead a leader for most, most of the time. And for the important things, you can just pass it up the chain. Rector Hilbrin, the spiritual and political leader of Cornwall, and several other nearby villages, seems relieved by your arrival. He confesses that he's heard a great deal about your various exploits. He can scarcely believe that Thane Pond has sent such an illustrious adventurer to Cornwall. The rector tells you the strange slime creatures began began being sighted in the nearby woods several days ago, and then over the last couple of days, they've started entering the village. I've not ever seen creatures of this kind, since the rector, his voice tinged with dead. They are certainly some otherworldly abomination sent here to plague us. As grim as it all seems, I believe we know with some degree of certainty from where this foul spawn emerges. Yeah, because I assume in an MMO, even though you would have to find that out, by which I mean there'd be a quest arrow that points you to exactly where to go, but officially you'd have to find out. Maybe there'll be five or six places you have to check. And probably having to be killing lots and lots of yellow slimes all the time along the way. Because the, the whole area around the village is just, just scattered with them. No, 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 here we go. Let's go straight to the source. Rector Pelham tells you that two days ago, a villager discovered one of the ancient standing stones in the forest east of the village was missing. And in its place was a dark hole. Nearly five feet across, leading down into the earth. It appears that the standing stone long concealed the entrance to some sort of cave or underground lair, says Wector Pilgrim. I do not wish to conjecture what could affect the complete disappearance of a twelve-foot standing stone, leaving no trace of it. But the fact remains, it is gone. Come to that, I am certain that down that hark hole is the answer to the dilemma. Dilemma that plagues us with eyes. Rector Fieldwin apologises for having not offered you something earlier and fetches a decanter of strong wine. He dispenses the unappealing spirit into the two cups and hands one to you. You politely sip the unpalatable liquid as the rector continues speaking. Hmm. Yep, yep, that's what it's like in the sticks. There are monsters, and the wine is terrible. Well, at least here. There's probably some places with really good wine. 
Or maybe, maybe, maybe he just, maybe he just has a taste for the really strong stuff. He need not say, say the name. What is on all minds of late, he says. But surely the darkness, those age, they say has come to pass, has cast its shadow on us. I do not blindly observe the prophecies, and perhaps it will prove my own folly. Yet I cannot ignore what I have seen with my own eyes. Rector Feldman finishes his drink and puts down his cup. These are strange times, and the village has already known the harsh hand of the last three winters. The last set of events is something we could have... This last set of events is something we could have well done without. I must be forward with you, Sir Crocaton. And I request you work towards a resolution in this matter. Your reputation leaves no question in mind that you are well suited for the task at hand. You may, of course, proceed as you see fit. I dare say you want to have a look at that dark opening in the forest that I mentioned. Having learned the nature of the desperate plea from Kernwell, you now must decide upon a course of action. I could return to Trithic and appraise Fane Poland of the situation, or just go into the cave right away. Now, now for mechanical reasons, I'm telling Fane Poland about this. And here's why. <laughs> you return to Trithic with all possible face, haste, and inform Fane Poland of what you discovered in Kenwell. The Fane is most interested in your account, and asks you to return at once to the village and resolve the problem by any means necessary. I dare say from the sounds of it you might find these useful, he says, handing you two elixirs of Quebec. Those are the things that can fully restore you and they're very, very handy. Although they're in that awkward, that, that awkward stage where they're just too cool to use. And also there, if you get a lot of them, they, they are a bit heavy. But you can just store them for that. Thane Porrand wishes you luck, and tells you to be on your guard at all times. Things are rarely as plain as they are at first set forth, he says. A feeling there's more to this matter than meets the eye. May the Allfather guide and protect you, friend. Oh, what? What's this? Uh... Oh, the internet's playing silly buggers. And it fixed it. The return journey to Conwell is swift, and upon arrival, you proceed to the dark opening in the forest east of the village. Less than a mile into the woods, you come upon the dark hole leading down into the earth that Rector Pelbrin spoke of. To the north and south, some distance off through the trees, you can see several tall standing stones. Hmm... I wonder, what were these stones? Was it some sort of, Obviously, they're probably some sort of monument. Now, what sort of shape do these standing stones form? Is it a circle? Is it an avenue? Is it something else? Is it a, a, a spiral? Or is it they're just... Are they just scattered at random? Because that's just something they like to do then. In standing stone times, which I presume are long, long time ago. A careful examination of the immediate area reveals that much of the surrounding vegetation is covered with fine grey dust. You 
can only assume that the standing stone that was once covered this dark hole was disintegrated by powerful magic. Oh, come on now. That's just showing off. You could just, you know, move it. And also... Respect the... Uh, respect the archaeology! Respect the archaeology! Great, now, because you dissolved it, we've... We've got less archaeology now. Okay, uh, okay, I'm angry about that. I am angry about that. And also the murders, but... I'm angry about that first. The dark opening in the earth appears to be the entrance to a cave. You stand in the, the edge of a dark opening in the forest floor, peering down into the shadowy mouth of the long hidden cave. The surrounding forest is eerily quiet, and you can't help but feel unseen eyes are following your every move. So I could return to the village, but there's really nothing to report. I think you could probably west and restore there, maybe. But climb down into a dark cave. The light of day pours down into the cave from the sizable hole overhead. Alright, it's a pretty large dungeon. I'm starting off near the in the northwest corner of it. There's something to the south. In the midst of an intersection of cave passages, you encounter a man in a leather tunic, bent over. Bending over a charred corpse. Upon your arrival, the tall, thin man draws up to his full heights and regards you with an icy stare. You're quick to note the back. Back of each of his hands bears a red diamond tattoo. Without a word from without a word, the man wises his white hand. Fire begins to crackle beneath his fingertips. So I could one or fight. Well, obviously fight. You charge the man, hoping to reach him before he can unleash his magical attack. Picking a number. Bonus of 23. 17 from agility. 12 from luck. Pick now! 113. You reach the man. <coughs> and, lay a, and, le- and lay a well-placed and slightly damp blow on him. Serving to drive him backwards into the wall of the cave. Disrupting his attempt to summon fire. Seemingly unfazed by your attack, the man waves his left hand and a swirling cloud of dust and sand envelops him. The swirling cl- spinning cloud of dust sends you into a choking fit and you are forced to, elite, to retreat along the passage to the north. Well, well I'm sure I'll come, up to, I'll come into contact with him eventually. He just looks like the kind of person who just pride, who makes things... Who just the sort of things that become my business, you know, evil. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, go south again. There was no sign of the man in the leather tunic or the charred corpse here. Was he some sort of wizard? Probably. Wizards are weird. Okay, going southwest is a little alcove. The small alcove is illuminated from the ghostly light from a floating orb of white flame that hovers four feet from the floor against the far wall. You watch with great curiosity as now and again long arms of flame extend from the orb, nearly touching the ceiling of the cave. A low but steady pulsing sound accompanies the rotation of the fiery spear. Well, I can I can just attack it because it's probably evil. Leave it, or maybe I should try to figure out what it does first using the skill of Arcania. You are certain the orb is part of a system supplying supplying magical energy to some sort of nearby phenomenon. You know that such devices were often employed by powerful wizards who wish to channel their extra reserves of negro energy. To help maintain spells duration for an extended period of time. Now the thing is, I don't know what it's being used for. It could be for something very useful to me. Or it could be for a trap. Could be to a monster making thing. Or it could be for a magical bridge over a ravine I couldn't cross. Who knows? I'll leave it, I'll leave it. I don't, don't want to destroy anything if I have no idea what it does. Okay. Making my way southwest. Alright. Southwest corner. Your progress along the cave passage comes to a halt when you suddenly find yourself confronted by two of the gruesome residents of this underground lair. Two yellow slimes. The slimes. The slime silently wise up and surges you. Your opponent's attack has encased your arm in slime. That takes six damage. Encased my torso in slime for seven damage. I think, in fact, they're probably encasing all of me, more or less. Eleven from encasing my head. And they are slain. Five XP. You take a few moments to catch your breath and check over your equipment before once again setting off through the cave. Another two yellow slimes, I'll just quick combat these. Another 5xp. How many of these slimes are there? Something wet drips onto your arm and you look up, horrified to find a large yellow slime dropping from the ceiling directly overhead. You have but a split, split second to act. Dive clear or use fortification. Fortification, of course. Channeling it. 
succeeded. Eight XP of fortification. The dropping yellow slime slams into the barrier of blue sparkles you've hastily erected and slides off, off onto the floor of the cave. You quickly dispel your magical shield and square off against the gruesome creature. It's a large yellow slime. That's worse because it's bigger. Silently rises up and surges at you, but it is still slain. 8 XP. Some terrible loot and 8 gold. You spend the next several moments wiping away the remnants of the yellow slime from your clothing equipment for, before once again setting off through the cave. And I went east a bit from there and found two yellow slimes beginning combat. And they are slain. 5 XP for those. Okay. Going south side, going east. Two massive yellow slimes. Combat. Something wet trips onto your arm. You look up. Horrified to, <coughs> to find a large level slime dropping from the ceiling directly overhead. You have but a split second to act. Dive clear fortification. Fortification. Channel. Same again with 8 XP to fortification. The yellow, the dropping yellow sign slams into a bag of blue sparks you've hastily erected and slides onto the floor of the cave. You quickly dispel your magical shield and square off against the gruesome creature. Yellow slime, quick combat, it is slain. 8 XP. You spend the next several moments wiping the remnants of yellow slime from your clothing and equipment for once again setting off through the cave. Okay, Southie's got oh, another yellow slime turned up. It's quickly slain for 4 XP. Okay, Southie's corner. Up one. A sudden jolt running the length of your body, rattling your bones and sending you sprawling back onto the cane floor. It appears you've walked into some sort of invisible energy field. Pick your number. Bonus of 20 from body. Success is 50 or more. Pick now. 70. Shaken by the experience but still alive, you stagger away from the invisible barrier and head back south. I'm guessing that's what the orb is powering. Two oozing yellow slimes, also slain. Okay, so it looks like in the southeast corner there's a there's a square with three ways to get to it. Here's a yellow slime, it drops. I block it with fortification. Quick combat. Alright, here we Oh, oh, two massive yellow slimes. Your progress along the cave passage comes to a halt. Halt when you suddenly find yourself confronted by two of the gruesome residents of this underground lair. Two massive yellow slimes. Just quick combat them. 6 XP. Oh, and a quick heal. Okay, going to the northeast corner. Another yellow slime drops. I jumped. I jumped out of the way this time. Took the other option. 128. A quick reaction has spared you from being caught beneath the dropping slime. You spring to your feet and turn to find the gruesome yellow slime rearing up and surging along the cave passage towards you. Quick combat. Another 8 XP. Okay, getting to the to the north entrance to the. Presumably guarded secret super chamber. 
Oh, 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 no way. There's something going on here. The small alcove is illuminated by the ghostly light. A floating orb of white flame that falls four feet from the floor against the far wall. You watch with great curiosity as now and again long arms of flame extend from the orb, nearly touching the ceiling of the flame. A low, steady pulsing sound accompanies the rotation of the fiery spear. Well, this, yeah, this will be what's maintaining a force field barrier thing. Attack it. You step boldly forward to attack the fiery white orb. As if the strange object has sent your intentions, the spear begins to rotate more rapidly. Long columns of flame jet out towards you. Orb of white flame. Jets of flame shoot out of the fiery white orb. Fortunately, the... Oh, oh, one of them did hit me. You're engulfed by the flames. You only attack for eight damage. Alright. It's getting some hits in at least. Caught by flames twice in a row. But it is now slain. 21 XP. A blinding flash of white light fills the cave passage. The flaming orb fizzles loudly for a moment before going dark and dissipating into the air. Okay, that's that corner dealt with. Another two slimes. Oh, and I got six gold as well. Oh, very nice. Yellow slime. 4 XP for that. Keep going, keep going. Okay, east of east of one of the fortification drop. There's something. Another one of those orb, orbs. I'll just attack it. Quick combat. It is slain. 21 XP. Oh, it seems you always seem to do better when you quick combat than when you do it manually. Uh, who knows? Maybe because you don't actually see how much damage you took, because you immediately see the post-battle healing. Right, quick combat. Alright, I'm getting back to the barrier. Can I get through with just two orbs slashed? No. Okay. Got to get the third orb that's right near the start. Doopadoopadoo, strolling around the entire cave because I didn't want to smash the orb. Which I knew I should smash the orb. Because you always smash the orbs. If you see an orb, you probably should smash it. You don't get any XP for using Arcania because you can do it again and again and again. And then, presumably, someone could just. <laughs> Make a little. You can do it again and again, and it doesn't cost anything. So you get an XP. Someone could make a bot that just take you. We just go backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, just investigating you with Arcania, until the amount of Arcania, the quick stone bonus from the amount of Arcania XP you got is enough to get you to level one hundred and everything. <laughs> really, that would pro I don't know. That would take. Uh, a long time. I don't want to calculate. <laughs> Even if it was like only four XP's or Kanye. Yeah, uh, so you want to get millions of. What about 16 million XP? But. But actually, you need 10. You have to get 160 million XP. 
So what about 14 million times visiting that and you'd max out everything? Yeah, you'd eat a bot. Or no life at all. And also it would probably cost you about let's see, you get about what a million clicks from mouse? Two three clicks each? Yeah, it probably cost you a couple of hundred mice just to do it. Alright, let's attack this flaming orb. Quick combat. It is slain. Okay, now I should be able to get past that, but I'll just make my way over there. Da dee da dee da do 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 da dee da dee da. Yep, go up to the south, down the southeast corner. Here we are. You step into a small chamber and immediately greeted by roaring laughter. A dark, massive shape looms into view out of the shadows. And what a field merges when a pool of light fills you with an overpowering sense of dread. Rising up after the wreathing mass of yellow slime, it's the thickly mus muscled upper torso of an impossibly large man. The mutilated head that rests upon the being's broad shoulders is set with a single eye that spans nearly the entire width of his face. The grotesque being snarls, revealing a mouthful of razor-sharp teeth and a pair of flickering forked tongs. The visitor, how wonderful, was the ghastly creature. On behalf of my masters, I welcome thee. Worm. No, I'm not a worm, I'm a toad. Don't transfigure me into one of those. I'd have to learn everything all over again. And I'd be even more afraid of birds. The mountain of slime that serves as the creature's lower half weaves furiously as the massive abomination to draws towards you from across the chamber. Now, no mortal slime. No, 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 you're the slime. I mean, I have slime, but I'm not a slime. That you cower before Kalgoroth, Oxian demon lord at the Vale of Misery, and servant to his lordship Uzrael. A league high would be the pile of the remains of the heroes from every age who have foolishly tested their metal against my might. I am happy to find fresh insolence in my old slaughtering grounds. Okay. What's Oxian? Oxus. Oxus. A a vast, shadowy realm, hidden deep within the massive realms of, ne of, of the Nevenus. Said to be home to Ichthion, the demon lord, after which the second of Swift's great ages, the age of Ichthion, takes its name. According to the scant legends that describe Oxus, the realm is also inhabited by seven lesser demon lords. 
the vile servants of Ichthyon. Okay, I'm guessing this OCL? OCL is one of those. So, this guy's boss has a boss who's the big bad. He's, he's two steps down from the big bad. Maybe more. At least two steps down. He's a he's a he's a bad he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's he's a he's he's middle he's he's middle management of evil. And as you all know, that just makes him angrier. Kargoroth raises his massive arms, and three yellow slimes rise out of the undulating mass that makes up his lower torso. Feast on this spine as well. Hey, I've got a spine! Bellows the demon as the three yellow slimes surge towards you. You defiantly hold your ground. The first of the yellow slimes draws to within combat range and you stoically engage it. I'll just quick combat these. 4xp. The second of the three slimes surges at you, mindlessly attempting to devour you as willed by its master, and just because that's what they like to do. Quick combat. The third yellow slime rises up and attacks as it draws to within melee range. The unnerving laughter of the Oxian Demon Lord echoes off the walls of this ch of the chamber. Yellow slime, quick combat. Alright, 5 XP. A true hero indeed! Wars Kalgaroth as he draws a large scimitar from a scabbard slung across his wide back. My hall is filled with the bones of heroes, and my throne rises out of a sea of their heads. Oh, that's just a trip hazard. That's a trip hazard! You should contact your local self and say how. Your local health and safety inspector will hear about this! And also all the murders, but I think that's probably okay where you, where you work. Yours will be a welcome addition! I don't know, it's a bit small, my head. You're gonna have to, like, put on a spike so people can see it. But, but I, I want it! I want to keep my head! I need it! For brain stuff. And it's got my mouth in it. Which I need for eating. It's got my eyes in it. Which I need for hearing. It's got my nose in it. Which I need for smelling. It's got my tongue in it. Which I need for licking. It's very important my head. I need it. I only got one of them. The blade of the demon's lord. Scimitar. Shine. Crackles with black tines of energy. Kargawath. Waves his massive hand, and a sudden, overpowering sense of nausea rises within you. Picking a number. Bonus of 40. 20 from body. 20 from spirit. Okay, I've got to get 75 or more to power through. 71. Failure. The nauseating sensation that assails you is too much for you to bear. You drop to your knees, sweating profusely. As the chamber around you starts to spin wildly, you look up to see another yellow slime emerge from the demon's lower torso. Ah, so all it did was give him time to get another slime. 
would he, is he going to run out of slimes? If he keeps making slimes, does he does he run out? Will he just be like? Uh, will he just be his upper body just floating there? Can he? Or is he? Does he just make more slime? I don't know, and I don't know how big his lower body is. The undulating blob surges across the chamber towards you. As you snakily regain your footing and manage to assume combative stance to meet it, meet meet its approach. It's a yellow slime. Just gonna smash that quickly. Just try to encase me, beat me a bit, but you get slain, stabbed to pieces. Okay, I take this opportunity to heal. Kalgaroth again waves his massive hand. And two sizable rocks on the floor of the cave float into the air. Another wave. The stones are sent hurtling across the chamber towards you. Got a few options now. Telekinesis. Fortification or destruction. Telekinesis. Want to throw his own rock back at him. Channeling it. 16 XP channel. The telekinesis. Utilising your power of telekinesis, you project a mental force against the hurled stones, averting their course and causing them to smash harmlessly into the wall of the cave. You step boldly towards the demon. Well, well, I guess it's a more advanced technique to... takes more oomph, oomph to turn the thing around entirely. It just, just to edge its course a bit. Oh, you step boldly towards the demon. Kargoroth cuts a wide arc with his scimitar as he slides across the chamber to meet your advance. The blade of his fearsome weapon is alive with weaving tines of dark energy. Only torment and death await those who defy the will of Uzrael. I grant ye both Insolent maggot, he wards. This is Carl Gawuth. Let us begin combat with him. The hideous demon howls with rage as it brings its hideous and massive scimitar down upon you. Alright. It is obviously another 3 plus. Yeah, all that boasting, all that talking, you're 3 plus. <laughs> You feel weaker as your opponent drains energy from your body. Did that heal it a bit? I don't think it did, but it's hard to tell. It is slain. 70 XP. With a final, ghastly howl, the Oxian Demon Lord slumps into the writhing pile of yellow slime at his base and becomes still. Kargawath, Demon Lord of the Vale of Misery, and servant of Orsuel is no more. I don't think that Vale of Misery, I don't think it's a nice place. All around the small chamber. Vale of Misery probably has Slough in it. Nothing personal if you're actually from Slough, though. <laughs> All around the small chamber. Actually, when there, it wasn't that bad. All around the small chamber... The yellow slimes that once heeded the command of the Dark Master are slowly dissolving into pools of fetid brown water. Oh, don't contaminate the groundwater! 
Oh, I, don't, I don't hope they don't. You watch this phenomenon of this phenomenon unfold for several minutes while enjoying a much needed rest. When you've regained sufficient strength, you move over to examine the now barely recognisable corpse of the fallen demon lord. The upper body of Kargawath has, has begun to dissolve in a manner similar to the yellow slime strewn about the chamber. However, you spot two items of interest on his rapidly disappearing corpse. His large scimitar and a dragon tooth amulet. The wither blade. I'll take both of them. It's very heavy, but I'll just be storing it somewhere. You know, just so I can say, hey, look! This is, this is that sting I, I got from the, the half, this half slime one. What, what, can go, go off? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I got that from that one. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't really all that, really. It's 10 melee waiting, so it's actually a pretty decent weapon. Of course, pretty much everyone who was taken part in this one will have something as good or better. In fact, I think it'd be very difficult for you not to have something like that. Because the Goblin Doom is a 10+. Plus. And this also requires two hands, so it's... So, other than... Other than seeing what the energy drain power is like, you probably never equip it. Unless you just like really like scimitars. This massive scimitar was once wielded by the demon Kalgawath, who met his end by your hand. This is a powerful, unpredictable weapon forged ages ago in the shadowy depth of the Nevenus. This weapon is of magical quality. Oh, no surprise there. Dragon Tooth Amulet? How's that? Yep, one Neville Reserve. Two Aura, two Might, and two Spirit. So one Agility. So it lowers the stat I need to raise. And raises the stats I don't need to raise. So it's, it's no good for me. Even if it, you know, didn't lower lower my, lower MR and SP as well. This ornate medallion once belongs to the demon Kalgoroth, who met, who met, who met his hand by your hand. The massive dragon's tooth that adorns his silver medallion is too large to have come from any Scythian dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A thorough search of the west of the chamber reveals adult collection of items, just some... Alright, some terrible weapons. Yeah, all just terrible weapons. All of the weapons, oddly enough. Is that just, is that just how it always goes? Because he just had a huge collection of weapons, this guy. Oh, yeah, and... I found 82 gold and, a hundred, and then 103 gold. When at last you're ready to proceed, you take one final look around the chamber. Make your way along the cave. Make your way along the cave passage to the south. All right, let's get out of here. All right, 
think all the slime problem will be dealt with. Especially since they seem to just dissolve without him because they're, they're part of him. Or something. Okay, climb out of the cave. Return to the village. As you, you set off for once to the village, but have gone less than a dozen yards when the sound of a voice from behind causes you to stop and turn around. Standing near the dark opening to the earth from which you've just emerged, the man in a leather tunic you encountered upon first entering the cave. You again take note of the red diamonds tattooed onto the back of his hand. Without a word, the man raises his white hand. Fire begins to crackle beneath his fingertips. Eerily, it seems as if you played out this precise scenario before. Uh, because we have. And we're going to attack him again. As you charge towards your would-be assailant, he suddenly lowers his hand and becomes engulfed in a swirling cloud of dust and sand. Well, look, if you're just going to run away, what was all that about? In a matter of moments, the cloud has settled, leaving no trace of the man in his wake. You hastily make your way back to Colonel. I mean, what is his deal? I mean, is, is, is he somehow in Ichthyom's hierarchy? Rector Pilgrim is overjoyed when you return, bearing news of your victory over the demon. He listens with wide-eyed disbelief as you describe for him the brutal battle with Kargrath in the depths of the cave. Your reputation is indeed justified, he says. Were a, were a king, I should offer you all the gold and jewels you could carry. But alas, ours is the simple. Simple existence and such things we do not have to give. Perhaps I might find a bit of gold for his hold, but I hardly wish to insult you, Sir Crokington. Uh, no, 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 I don't want gold. You've got... You, 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 you spend that gold rebuilding your village, okay? And apparently you've had these three winters. But you'll build up your food stores, because there might be another one. And you've probably got other things to fix here, too. You politely refuse the waiter's offer, say, saying you're only too glad to be able to help. He seems relieved when you initiate a shoulder course with him. He thanks you again. And after a warm meal and a drink to fortify you for the road, you set out, set out on the short journey back to Twithick. Wector Pilgrim tells you to extend his kindest regards to Thane Pollard and watches as you depart for Twithick aboard the same coach that brought you here. The return journey to Twithick is swift, and upon arrival you are ushered in to see the Thane, who welcomes the news of your victory with a broad smile. And bids you to fill him in on the details of what you uncovered in Kernwell. Such dark tiny were not a dead guess, he says, to finish your account. We are, the, we are, no doubt, merely at the outset of what will be regarded as a dark chapter in history. I fear the nightmarish stream that is now content to twinkle shall soon war! Oils to stem its flow have only just begun. Yes, yes, I don't think it will be over until I smash, until I gorge out the eyes of the demon lord himself. And he probably has a lot of them, so that'll take a while.
when you make mention of the spellcast you encountered, the man with man in the tunic with the red diamonds tattooed on the back of his hands. Then Pondrasi appears quite concerned. Time and again, betrayal wears its head. He says, almost as if he is thinking aloud. We must not only guard the gate, but mind the rats that even now lurk among us, it seems. There are enemies inside our own walls. This is all deeply troubling. Thane Poulton tells you he's received reports from many places, far and wide, of strange happenings, <coughs> odd sightings, and things both unexplainable and terrifying. I confess I shall call upon you in the coming days, Sir Crokington, he says. There is much to do. Or we can do little to prevent the dawning of the new age. We would be ill-advised to ignore our every instinct. And not to do at least that which is within our means, so that we might stand against the rising of the tide. At length, you bid the thing farewell and set out from Twint Keep, his ominous words echoing in your mind. And that is the end of that adventure, with 1,024 experience to general. Now the next episode will be the 500th episode. So obviously I'm not going to do a regular adventure for that, that we've already done. But you know, Sir Crokington, instead... I will be, instead I'll be doing the, I'll be doing the upcoming Worm, worm Bane Bog in the Battlegrounds, when that comes round. I'm not sure how long that will be, but when it comes out, you'll, I'll do the episode. And it's been just two, two more pieces of news. Zurum's latest archery tournament begins on Monday, February the 21st, 6am, Eastern US time. The grand prize for the contest is the Chalice of Splendour, the details of which will, for now, remain a mystery. The format of the tournament has again changed slightly as the basic starting range Basic slash starting range of the random number selection for shots has been widened. There will be a special prize for archers who obtain a certain minimum score for this contest. The required score and the prize will soon be announced. Prep your bows. Alright, so if they've got the minimum score thing, it's in your interest to do it with all of your characters that you can. Yes. Even though, and not just the one that gets the blessing. As previously mentioned, adventurers who purchase 10,000 or more Swift Coins during Feb- February receive a be- special bonus pack on March the 1st. It contains three transmutable items. An amulet, a ring, and a pendant. And the Serpent's Drought, a powerful potion that adds 10 points to your melee rating. Here are some additional details regarding the three items. The Amulet of Heavens, transmutable for 4 MR and 4 SP. 
Hmm. I get that. Well, honestly, you can't really. You can't. You can't tell the stats from the from the transmute hawk. It's probably going to be at least double that. Maybe even triple the wing of eons. Transmutable for five MR to SP, and dependent of misdirection. Transmutable for three MR and three SP. Well, that brings us up to date with the with the latest news. So until and until until the the battlegrounds. Challenges released. Farewell, fellow adventurers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.